Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Everybody's favorite workday, Friday afternoon, wrapping up another week of Golden Eagle Sports Talk on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us around the state, online, wherever you may be tuned in this afternoon. Later in the show, we'll, of course, talk about the upcoming NFL football games, but we're going to talk a lot of basketball today as both the men and women are getting ready to take on Middle Tennessee. We'll be talking shortly to Chip Walters, who is the play-by-play voice for the men's Blue Raiders basketball team. But right now, we're going to talk a little women's hoops. We've got Crystal Reeves Evans with us. She's up at the University of Cumberland's in Kentucky. She is a former Southern Miss basketball player herself, played two years, 1999-2000-2001, was a graduate assistant coach for the Lady Eagles in 2002, and we are delighted to have her on the show. Crystal, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to hear uh, to the top again. (laughs) That's probably been a while, right? It has. It has. <laughs> let uh, let our listeners let's let's get started this way. Let our listeners know what your journey has been like since you were a uh, player and then graduate assistant coach uh, for Lady Eagle basketball. Well, uh, my father is Rick Reeves, and um, so that's kind of how I got to Southern Miss. Um, I played for him for one year at Liberty University, my freshman year, and then when he took the job at Southern Miss, I wanted to transfer and finish my career playing for him. Uh, so I transferred and had to sit out a year, and then I uh, uh, graduated on time and and played two years um, there that you'd mentioned. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually in pre-med uh, there at Southern Miss and had my mind set on going to med school. And um, when, I had, when I graduated, I was, you know, taking the MCAT and, and gearing up for med school, and, and I had missed being around it, and so... Uh, you know, was his graduate assistant, and in that year of being his graduate assistant, I just really enjoyed coaching, and it's funny, I've been around it my whole life, but I just, you know, uh, and I love I love basketball, don't get me wrong, but I just kind of thought, you know, I, I, I want to help people, and then I wanted to be in the medical field, um, but I kind of got that coaching bug, I guess I came by it honest, and and uh, once I was, I was there for a year as a graduate assistant, and then I got offered a job as an assistant coach at Gardner-Webb University. I stayed there for nine years. Then from there, I went to Georgetown University in D.C., and I was an assistant at Georgetown uh, for two years. And then I uh, became a head coach at Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee, and I was there as a head coach for five years. And during that time, you know, I've had three, uh, three daughters, and I just, you know, kind of got to a point in my career where I felt like I was sacrificing too much time with them. So I got out of it, and I was offered a job at the university that my dad coaches at now, the University of the Cumberlands, and uh, as the director of uh, development for athletics. And I've really enjoyed that 
uh, role. It's kind of like recruiting. you got to make cold calls and, and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, but I felt like it gave me the flexibility I needed to have with my family. And, and so I got out of it and for about a couple months, and then I was really missing it. And so I asked Dad if I could help with his team, and, and, and he, was, uh, he was quick to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> that offer, and I've been helping them ever since. When I heard Luke picking at you before we went on the air, he said it's a great coaching job because you can show up when you want to and not show up when you want to. But you said that's not exactly right. Am I correct? Well, not not when you're coaching for your father. He kind of, you know, I'm too old for him to spank me, but I definitely never want to disappoint him. So he, he kind of <laughs> can put that extra pressure on you. Right, Luke? And, and two... It's funny you guys mentioned that the women's team, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the women's team is getting ready to play Middle Tennessee State, and my oldest sister, uh, or my only sister, <laughs> she's the um, assistant there at Middle Tennessee State. Wow, there's tentacles everywhere, am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, her name's Kim Bruton, and she was actually my dad's graduate assistant uh, when I was there as a player. She coached me, and Lord, if that wasn't hard enough, you already got your dad hollering at you. Now you got your sister hollering at you. But but it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, Luke, get in here. Crystal, uh, it's good to talk to you again. We were at Southern Miss around the same time. And, and uh, one of the things I remember about uh, you and your father, you, you hated to, to lose and you loved to win. I, I pulled up an old interview that they did when they were uh, when you were a player there, and they asked you that question. They said, what's your least favorite thing about basketball? You said, losing. End of end of quote. What is your favorite thing about basketball? Winning. <laughs> Much hadn't changed, right? No, not at all. Not at all. We're we're just a competitive family. I mean, if you see us playing cards, uh, just over the holidays, we were all together um, at Christmas, and we take it serious. I mean, phase ten goes to a different level. It's like the final four, <laughs> and uh, you know, so we're just competitive, and and uh, we enjoy it. We enjoy it as a family, and and. Um, you know, we're we're definitely we we definitely are intense. <laughs> a lot of uh, a, a lot of athletes get to play for you know their their parents obviously at a child level. Uh, fewer get to play at a high school level. Very few get to play for uh, their their father or their mother. In, in D one basketball, what was that experience like for you? I, I think it takes a lot of maturity because you know there's going to be times as a coach. Um, that he had to be harder on me just so that there wasn't any question of favoritism with the other uh, players and things like that. And, you know, in the moment, there might have been times that I had a heart, like, it, I struggled with that. Um, you know, but over time, as I matured as a person, I realized, you know, it, it's a tough spot for him to be in. And he enjoys coaching me, and I enjoy playing for him. But, you know, at the, at the same time, um, you know, you don't want to make anybody else feel uncomfortable or awkward and, and so there were there were times that um, you know our team was you know, we we got punished we had to get on the line for whatever we were doing and I always had to run extra and and uh, it got to the point where so even some of my teammates were like coach you know you're you're being really hard on Crystal and I loved hearing that like yes that was awesome but you know and it would he would back off a little bit but you almost needed that that from them so that they understood you know Crystal's not getting anything easy she's earning everything and. It's not just because she's coach's kid and, and that sort of thing. You know, he, he always wanted to set that standard. 
Yeah, and and that's uh, that's the way you want you want to be for sure. Uh, this is uh, a, a question branching off because you've been around women's college basketball for so long. We talked to Tamika Reed, the head coach at Jackson State, yeah. and she played at Southern yeah. Miss, and she was talking about how you know at their level the men and women's play at the same venue every night. This weekend, uh, the 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 men Eagles, uh, the guys are in Hattiesburg against Middle Tennessee. Ladies are on the road, you know, up in Murfreesboro, and it just always we we talk about it a lot on the show. Always kind of seems odd uh, that you know you don't play around the same time it seemed like you could help with attendance also well not like at the division two level they have uh double headers um at the nei level they have double headers but i, I always understood that at the d1 level we, we did the same thing at gardner webb and even at georgetown and a lot of it was practice times you know because you got your um the opponents are coming in and they got shoot around so, like, say the men's team. So uh, the opponent's men's team would have shoot-around. Then your men's team would have shoot-around. And then it, it's hard to fit in two more shoot-arounds before, like, say, an afternoon game on a Saturday. Um, so, like, I get the facility side of it. And um, also, too, like, just uh, with all the different sports that Southern Miss has going on at the same time, I, I would assume staffing would probably be an issue as well. Like, different things like that. Um you know, but at, at the smaller schools, it does help with attendance. I mean, it, it does. You know, for us um, here at the Cumberlands, we're we're an NEI school, and our men's team gets in there uh, about about the probably midway through the second quarter, and these guys are cheering so hard for our team. Of course, a lot of them want to date the players, but anyhow, uh, they're they're definitely uh, <laughs> they're definitely cheering them on and. And, uh, you know, it, it, it does. It, it is a surge of energy, especially now when, when um, the crowds are cut because of COVID. You know, it, having, having somebody in the stands cheering you on, especially at away games, is very vital. Um, but I do understand at, at being at the Division One level, like, why they do those things. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. It, it, you make sense what you're saying, but you know, w- we would personally like to see them play double headers, but I don't <laughs> think uh, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, we've got about uh, 30 seconds left. Do you get a chance, Crystal, to stay in touch with Southern Miss women's basketball? I, I do. A lot of my teammates, Tanika Reed, I actually played with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with her being at Jack State now, and I'm so proud of her accomplishments. Um, Angel Atterbury Jackson, um, I, I keep in contact with her a lot. Um, so there's there's several school uh, several players. Lana Lewis, um, you know, I, I, or she's Lana Taylor now. I keep in contact with her. So I mean, we've got several teammates that are are doing and they're thriving. And and honestly, Southern Miss should be proud to have them. They're they're great. Uh, representations of the women's basketball team there well so are you and uh, i guess once a golden eagle always a golden eagle right i was through and through yes through and through (laughs) hey great conversation (laughs) we've enjoyed meeting you and uh getting you to share your story with our listeners around the state and the best of luck to you and your family crystal yes thank you so much i really appreciated it all right crystal reeves evans everybody now at the university of the cumberlands former lady eagle doing very well and happy with life All right, the men are at home this weekend. Middle Tennessee's in town. We're going to talk to their play-by-play announcer, Chip Walters, next.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss <laughs> to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour Friday edition. And I want to thank Crystal Reeves Evans for joining us from up at the University of the Columber, Cumberlands in uh, Kentucky. Also want to thank uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring that great interview. Dickie's is, of course, a proud supporter of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour. And we're proud supporters of theirs. They're open seven days a week uh, right here in Hattiesburg by the mall, and the food is always delicious, so don't you forget Dickie's Barbecue. Also, if you're in town for basketball this weekend, you know you're going to want to make a stop at Campus Bookmart. They've got a great selection of basketball apparel, and uh, as Kathleen told us earlier this week, Golden Eagle baseball stuff is rolling in by the day. We're now just about a month away from the kickoff of baseball, and that, of course, excites everybody. Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. Uh, your place to go for Southern Miss apparel. All right, now you want to talk about up-to-the-minute reporting. Chip Walters is the play-by-play voice for Middle Tennessee. He's on a bus right now. They just left the basketball arena practicing for tonight's game, and we're grateful to have you on the show, Chip. Uh, welcome to Hattiesburg. Well, appreciate it. It's always one of the fun stops. Get to see my pal John Cox, and he's down talking to Coach McDevitt right now. Our guys are getting back on after a good – game day practice and uh, heading back to the hotel so it's a beautiful weather down here today we've been uh, we had about three or four inches of snow uh, late last week so it's it's nice to get down here and get some sunshine yeah we don't like snow down here chip we don't, we don't worry about no snow all right uh you know obviously things are different this year this this friday saturday deal vastly different than anything we're used to uh, our coaches have told us that you know it's kind of been a handicap for them they have a lot of new kids on the team and and, uh, you know, it's just been a kind of a difficult thing to, to transition through and the lack of games early in the year. How has this been for Middle Tennessee? Well, you know, we've lost a total of, uh, what is it, five games uh, to COVID. We lost our season opener. We were in a tournament uh, down in Fort Myers, and Akron uh, pulled out of the tournament at the last minute. So we only played two games there. We had, uh, in late December, we had a a home-and-home. Home. It wasn't on back-to-back days, but it was uh, two games in, within three days with Bellarmine uh, out of Louisville, who is in their first year Division One after being a Division Two power for a long time. And that was kind of supposed to be a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a dress rehearsal for, for, for how the conference schedule was going to be. And then we were on our way to FAU and uh, literally had to, had to turn around and, and go back to campus uh, because of some COVID issues, but you know things have started to loosen up a little bit. Played last week against FIU, uh, split that series. Now coming here to Southern Miss, it's it's really interesting how you know you look around the league and you know there's not a lot of sweeps. Uh, you're seeing you're you're seeing like four out of seven or five out of seven series every weekend are being. Uh, are are splits and 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 and, and so it's uh, it's interesting how the, the the dynamic of you know one day to the next you know what how, how do teams react and adjust from one day and because uh, I mean you can't go reinvent the wheel but you've got to find you know certain little things here and there that uh, that that do that and just like Jay's team you know middle has eight new guys uh, eight new players uh, on on their roster this year so you know that was. You know the coaches were hoping to get as many of the non-conference games in as possible to uh, to let these guys, you know, learn how to play together and uh, and that kind of thing. But it's it's been a it's been a 
an experience of learning on the run this year. No question. All right, Luke, get in here with uh, Chip Walter. Chip, uh, thanks for coming on today. You guys only have played one conference uh, series so far. How, did the Friday-Saturday, did it affect you guys in, in any way? Did they like it? Did they not like it? Uh, what, what was the positives and the negatives behind playing back-to-back so early in the season? Well, you know, like you said, we've just played one, so you're kind of learning a little bit from that one. You know, you know, in our case, we lost on Friday and won on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it seemed like we handled it pretty well because we we uh, we were much better offensively on in day two. We were pretty good defensively on in both games, and uh, and and you know the FIU FIU is a, is a team that was you know, one of the top five teams in the country in three-point shooting, and, and Middle did a great job of shutting them down. Last year, Middle was uh, number 342 out of 350 Division One teams in three-point field goal percentage defense. Right now, they rank second in the nation, giving up only 23.2%. So Middle has vastly improved defensively. Uh, offensively, Has they have had some – sluggish moments and and uh and things like that but you know they i think it has been a matter of time it has gotten better on the offensive end as the year has gone along and i think that's a product of you know these eight new guys assimilating themselves and also one one of the things that everybody has to deal with is that they have to uh you know you're not sure you know every weekend how many you're going to have like last weekend Against FIU, we only had nine guys available due to COVID issues. We played the played the series, but only had nine guys. So, um, you know, this week I think we're going to at least pick a couple of those guys back up. So, uh, you know, we should have around eleven uh, scholarship guys. So, uh, you know, we're, we're we're full go for tonight. Looking at your roster, um, and, and that you mentioned you only had nine nine guys. One thing that really popped out to me is the depth on this team. Um, you know, early on. You got eleven players playing nine or more minutes a night. You got ten players playing thirteen or more minutes. Seems like there's a lot of of depth uh, there. And then, of course, Shuler and Davis leading the way, averaging eleven and ten points uh, each. Exactly. And and and, and at, for Coach McDevitt, after the first two years of being so short-handed, I think no matter what, he was going to, you know, he wanted to build some depth and to be able, you know, it was like what a luxury it was to start the season with thirteen, uh, with all thirteen scholarship players. You know, uh, Middle went through a little stretch there, right after Christmas, getting ready for FAU and then FIU is they didn't have enough guys on the floor for a five-on-five practice. So, you know, it's uh, you know, it makes you appreciate when you've got all your guys. And, and this team, you know, they brought in some transfers. Uh, they've, they've turned out to, you know, work out pretty well. Dontrell Sheeler, I don't think, will be, will be here tonight. He was the one who missed last weekend, but uh, he's leading scorer. But, and then he's a guy that would – I mean, this is the kind of game with Southern Miss where he could flourish. So – you know, you you know that that's that's one of the the bonuses of having some depth is if somebody does go down, then you've uh, you've got those others to to look to. Uh, I was going to ask you something similar. I want you to look around the bus you're on right now. We can hear the guys all around you, and I <laughs> yeah. want you to I want you to tell us a couple of names that our fans need to be uh, watching out for this weekend. Uh, Jordan Davis. Uh, he is uh, he he was a transfer from Xavier. 
tough, tough, tough. If you remember a couple years ago, we or about five years ago, we had a guard named Marcos Knight, who was kind of a combo guard, shooting guard, uh, just tough as nails. Well, Jordan is that guy made over. Uh, one of the keys for middle tonight, uh, the biggest difference in the two games last week against FIU is what does middle get in the post? Uh, and DeAndre Dishman, who actually sat out two years once due to transfer and once due to injury, uh, he is back going this year. Last week uh, on Friday night, didn't score. Uh, middle lost by 13. Saturday scored 12, had eight rebounds. Middle wins by 11. So I think you know they, they, they I think they have a good idea what they're going to get from the guard positions, but uh, you know to, to get some consistent production from Dishman, Jared Coleman Jones, uh, Coleman Jones is a transfer from Northwestern, and boy he is he is pretty. I mean you talk about great looking kid on the floor, and Javante Milner Chris, uh, who is a returnee, he's really uh, been sneaky good this year for Middle. Coming off the bench, you know, nine and five, ten and four, you know, those kind of nights. He's he's been he's been uh, he's definitely been helpful. All right, Luke, you got anything else before we uh, let Chip make his way back to the hotel? Just uh, you're hanging out with all those young dudes. Just fend for yourself, okay? We're trying to look out for you, Chip. <laughs> well, hey, I'll tell you one thing. Here's here's a little thing. When 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 Kermit was here, uh, I, I was. I was, let's see, one, two, three, four. I was the fourth oldest person in the travel party. <laughs> now, with Coach McDevitt and his, and his staff, I am by far the oldest person in the travel party. Uh, it, it's a young, vibrant crew and, and really fun to be around. And, guys, I, I have one thing I would like to mention uh, before I get off. Uh, are you, do you all know my pal Chuck Stinson, who lives up in Jackson, was on TV in Jackson for a while, had the morning sports show up there, and, and was the uh, director of donor services for, um, for Mississippi Donor Services. Uh, he, he's a, he was a Middle Tennessee grad and a basketball manager, as a matter of fact, back on our team that beat Kentucky in the NCAA in 1982. Chuck and I were classmates, and he's going through a, a, a very, very tough uh, uh, health situation right now. It's non-COVID related, but uh, he is—he's going through a battle right now. He's down at MD Anderson in Houston, and and I know there are folks that are listening to your show today that that know or know of Chuck, and just put a little extra prayer out there for Chuck and his family. No question, we're happy to do that, Chip, and uh, we're happy that you came on the Eagle Hour. We hope you guys have a great stay here at Hattiesburg. Get you some Dickie's Barbecue while you're here and uh, enjoy yourself. All right, buddy? That's one of my stops in the airports when we get uh, down to, like, Austin and places like that. (laughs) Always try to find Dickie's. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rod. Chip Walters, everybody. Play-by-play voice of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. They're in action tonight, 7 o'clock, right here in Hattiesburg. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Last show of the week. Everybody's favorite day, Friday. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson and 
First Bank Studio in downtown Laurel. Bob Getty in Hattiesburg. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. They will be showing both basketball games. If you don't have a ticket and you can't find a ticket because of the limited uh, attendance in Reed Green Coliseum, uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill will be showing both of the Southern Miss Middle Tennessee games, 7 o'clock tonight, 4 o'clock tomorrow. If you're going to the game, come in before, hang out after, and, of course, NFL playoffs this weekend, and 4th Street Bar and Grill will be showing all those, including the Saints and the Bucks on Sunday. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joining us uh, today. And, Kelly, uh, for Friday, pr- pretty busy. I-, I guess we need to, uh, before we get into some more news and notes, uh, Southern Miss finding out, or Southern Miss fans finding out because of another school is a uh, reveal of maybe one of those are uh, the probable of who those non-conference baseball weekends, one of the early ones, it's going to be some Yankees coming into the Pine Belt. <laughs> and not the New York Yankees, of course, although uh, Southern Miss is expected to be that good this year that they might be able to put up uh, you know, a little bit of competition for the New York Yankees. But the UConn Huskies have announced via their social media sites, Luke, that the Huskies will be making a trip to Hattiesburg. So UConn will be making a long trip to come down south across the Mason-Dixon line to get in a little bit of baseball. Meanwhile, uh, the Eagles... Uh, friends in the Southland Conference from Northwestern State, who just a couple of years ago was a regional, an NCAA regional tournament team that went out to the Corvallis, Oregon regional. The Demons will be coming to Hattiesburg as well. So you've got UConn and Northwestern State that have confirmed, even though Southern Miss has not uh, officially released its schedule, those two schools has have confirmed via their social media accounts that they will be on and are on Southern Miss's baseball schedule, UConn and Northwestern State, prior to the Eagles' uh, beginning Conference USA conference play. Meanwhile, former Southern Miss uh, offensive coordinator in football, Norman Joseph, it was announced today, will be the new head football coach at McGill-Tulin High School in Mobile, Alabama. Now, you might be thinking, well, why are we mentioning you know, a former coach being named uh, head coach at a high school? The fact that it's in Mobile and that uh, Norman Joseph has Southern Miss ties is significant because Norman Joseph could steer some uh, Mobile players, you know, the Golden Eagles way, particularly when South Al is in, in the backyard there in Mobile and South Al is now being coached by a guy who also went to Southern Miss in Kane Womack. So some interesting developments. In Mobile. And what's interesting about that, Kelly, is that actual Dave Womack and Norman Joseph coached together at Southern Miss. So somebody needs to call Norman Joseph and ask him where his loyalties lie, because I assume that uh, South Alabama will have some uh, you know influence there too, because of the longtime history with uh, with the, the Womacks at Southern Miss. Yeah, I can just picture Clint Eastwood standing over him, you know, with that with that Colt forty five or whatever it was from the. Dirty Harry movies. Well, punk, what's it going to be? <laughs> you know. so, anyway, that is an interesting uh, spin for sure. Meanwhile, we talked about how the dominoes are starting to fall and how some of these smaller football conferences are starting to fall apart. That's what is happening to the Southland. We announced right here on the show about those four schools, uh, among them Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, and Lamar all going to the WAC. Well, Central Arkansas has announced now that it is leaving the Southland, and it will be heading to the Atlantic Sun. 
Now you're saying, wait a minute, Atlantic Sun is just a basketball conference. And indeed, that's true. But in 2021, coming up this fall, the Atlantic Sun is going to start playing football. So Central Arkansas is leaving the Southland to go to the Atlantic Sun. Elsewhere, regionally, Kennesaw State, the Owls, not far from Atlanta, they are saying that they are also going to the Atlanta Sun. And North Alabama, who the Golden Eagles played this year in football, North Al is also going to the Atlanta Sun. While this is all swirling, there are rumors going around that Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky from the Ohio Valley are also strongly considering going to the Atlantic Sun since they're beginning to play football this fall. But the the most intriguing domino here, though, is there's one school out there who has played basketball in in the, the conference Atlantic Sun for some time now, and they're hoping that this school will now start playing football with the rest of them now that they're playing football this coming fall, and that, of course, is the Liberty Flames. So Liberty has been playing as an independent in football. Will the Flames follow suit and play football in the Atlantic Sun? And the final note that I think is kind of interesting, we talked on this show about how in recent polling, the most popular sport among the millennials these days on a professional level, we kind of laughed about it, was NASCAR. Do you remember that, you guys? We talked about a month ago, about how we couldn't believe that millennials, that their favorite sport was NASCAR. Well, following suit today, of course, you know, Michael Jordan, the great uh, basketball player, about two months ago announced that he was buying a NASCAR team. Now, the entertainer, rapper, whatever you want to call him, Pitbull, is buying a NASCAR team. So, fitting right in, with the millennial crowd, Pitbull will now be a pit boss, although it will be in the NASCAR racing world. So, Surprises, Kelly. I'm surprised that the millennials aren't frightened by all the noise that they see at the NASCAR race. Well, the, 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 the NASCAR drivers aren't carrying pom-poms and, and white uh, knee-high boots. Yeah, Bob, that, that, was, that, that is a, that's a red flag right there. That's what it's time like, to run for cover when you see the white <laughs> knee-high boots, right? <laughs> like the Dixie Darlings wear, you know, very intimidating. But, but man, it's, it, the Southland now is, is now down to six schools that play football. So let's so, talk, let's know, talk baseball just a minute. Yeah, you guys yeah. are saying Northwestern State. I know that's where your son played baseball. Uh, I, I suspect that here's just my interpretation of those two non-conference series you guys pitch in. Northwestern State will come and be very competitive. They, you know, they're one of these these Southern baseball teams that can go out on any given day and beat anybody. So I would expect that to be a very competitive uh, series. Can can a team from as far north as UConn come down here? Can you expect them to really be competitive against a uh, you know a major Southern power baseball program, Kelly? I don't think so. I don't. And, and to and to put it into comparison, it would be like um, Southern Mrs. hockey team going to Minnesota Duluth. Right. No, that's no, that's right. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But just because you know, I mean, UConn's pretty good in, in baseball, though. I mean, they won 39 games in 2019, 37 in 2018, uh, and I mean, they've been a regional team before. So. If you you know, I just don't want us to get in the same you know attitude we did about Gonzaga and then get our our pants handed to us, you know, in the opening. You know, like you you look at you can't really look at what they did last year, but I mean, they took two years ago they they went into Louisville when Louisville was fourth in the country opening weekend and won two out of three. 
So uh, they they later in the year they they took two out of three at Turchin from Tulane. Uh, they went to the the regional and eventually they won three games in a regional and got put out by Oklahoma State. That was the last time they were in the regional. Yeah. So I mean, it's a this is one of those teams where we were like, okay, yeah, we got quality teams coming in the Pete. UConn uh, has been good, and it appears like you know they they fight the flurries and able to get some practice in because they've been pretty good in the yeah. in the opening series the last few years. We hear all that, but we're not buying it, are we, Sander? That's Yankee well, meat for the Golden Eagles. Well, it's it's not. To, I mean, it's not to say that obviously on any given day. Anybody can't, you know, beat anybody. I mean, the Bengals beat the Steelers this year, you know. But I'm just saying, on paper, all things being equal, the Huskies aren't going to be able to practice outside, like not just Southern Miss, but all the Southern teams. And you just can't replicate, you know, it just doesn't work inside of an armory, you know, or mm-hmm. a, a gymnasium like it does outside where you're getting hops off the grass and dirt instead of a wood floor. Or wherever you know, even if it's turf inside, it's you're not getting the wind, you're not getting all those things that's normally would outside. So I, I hear what you're saying, Luke, but I'm just saying all things being equal, a Southern team should should win a majority of those games against teams that are that far north. Is it fair to say we're just cocky, Kelly, when it comes to baseball? Well, well, and and, and no disrespect to the other sports at Southern Miss, but but baseball has kind of been you know that's the one where we stick our chest out the most right now, right. You know, right. and I mean, we're not a nationally ranked team, you know, generally. Right. So, um, but, if we can afford to be cocky, that's the sport that we can strut. Well, we say we're, we're saying this kind of in jest a little bit about them being sure. Yankee meat and what have you, but it's good to see these really good programs come in here. I'm really looking forward to watching Northwestern State. I think that'll be real competitive. Yeah, and and, and the original tie there was Lane Burroughs, right. you know, who has Southern Miss ties. He originally was the coach at Northwestern State. Um, and then, of course, has gone on to Louisiana Tech. But Bobby Barbier, who was an academic all academic all American at Northwestern State, you know, and he he took the the place of Lane Burroughs there. So kept that connection open again. Regional teams easy to get to and from um, that sort of thing. So I, I think the I think people are going to be real happy when the schedule is officially divulged by Southern Miss. Real quickly, I want to let everybody know that we're working on something right now. We can tell you it's going to happen. This will be the show to come to. In the weeks between now and the opening of spring football, you're going to get more information about spring football on this show and more direct information about the progress under the new football regime here than anywhere else. So we'll be making uh, that announcement a little clearer come next week. All right, when we come back, Luke's Hoodats are getting ready to face the GOAT for the third time. We're going to see how he feels about that as we wrap up another week of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment of the week brought to you by Toyota Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in West Hattiesburg, or always online, toyotahattiesburg.com. They've got new cars, pre-owned vehicles, certified vehicles. All of that is found on their website. Go on there. Check out their entire inventory. You can uh, secure financing before you ever even show up. So uh, go see Toyota Hattiesburg on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss taking on Middle Tennessee this week. uh, Men and women. Women tonight up in Murfreesboro. First game at 6 p.m. tomorrow 
a second game at 4 p.m. So as uh, the Lady Eagles have, are already in Murfreesboro, wish them the best of luck uh, tonight and tomorrow. Men, on the other hand, taking on Middle Tennessee in the greenhouse tonight at 7 p.m. and tomorrow at 4 p.m. Lee Roberts and Larry Boyd on the call on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch both of those games if you can't get there. Uh, John Cox, of course, on the call for the radio. Uh, and, again, we would just let you know, you know, if, if you can't go and you've got a ticket, find somebody to give the ticket to. There's so many people out there that want to go to these games, and uh, we need a great atmosphere and, and need to sweep this weekend. Eagles think they have a possibility to do that. All right, guys, uh, we're going into divisional weekend in the NFL. Four games, uh, some big games, and you've got two days of, of football starting tomorrow. 3.35 p.m. on Fox, the Rams at the Packers in Lambeau. Green Bay, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Kelly? I don't know if you guys saw the, the weather forecast. It's supposed to be for blizzard conditions oh. in Green Bay tomorrow for that game. So, um, you know, wow. I mean, so you would think just there the Packers should be at least – six-point favorites. If you were going to bet, you'd certainly take the Packers with more than that because the L.A. boys don't know how to play in that. So I would I would think the Packers would win and win fairly comfortably. Yeah, I would agree. That that kind of sounds like uh, the year that uh, Reggie Collier and uh, Sammy Winder and all of us went to um, the uh, bowl game, the Tangerine Bowl down in Orlando, Florida, and it was like 10 degrees that night, and our guys didn't react well to that. So yeah. uh, I don't think the Rams do very well in that kind of weather. You just wonder what's going to happen at the quarterback position, especially you know if golf is forced to play again. Um, you know, I don't see how he can really throw in that type of weather. You know, with with half a thumb. So, should be interesting to see what happens uh, with with uh, you know the Rams. But the Packers, I mean, Rodgers is just like Favre. I mean, the colder it is, the better he plays. So, I think the Packers will cover and they'll. They'll have a, a really good game. As much as I don't want them to win, uh, I think they will. 7-15 tomorrow night, maybe uh, perhaps other than Brady and Breeze, probably the, the best matchup uh, of the weekend. Ravens at the Bills in Orchard Park at Bills Stadium. Bills only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kelly? Somebody has to figure out how to handle Jackson, that Baltimore quarterback, because, I mean, he's just really, really good. And I mean, they bite on that RPO all that time, that run pass option. And I think he, you know, he's run for, I think, 100 yards the past two games as a quarterback. But, and, and so, I mean, I think right now the Bills are playing, I mean, excuse me, the, the Ravens are playing better. But I just think the team, the Bills are a team of destiny. I, I really do. Um, so I, I think the Bills, I think the Bills are going to win. I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Well, I'm going to vote with my heart instead of my head. I think Baltimore is very, very dangerous. Uh, Buffalo kind of in uncharted waters here this deep into the playoffs. But I, I'm with you, Kelly. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see somebody like the Bills get to the Super Bowl. I am going with the Bills. They're my team on the AFC side, uh, and I just I like Josh Allen. I, I think they're. They're going to do it, and I would love to see an AFC championship against them and the Chiefs next weekend. All right, Sunday, uh, 2.05 on CBS from Arrowhead, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite over the Browns. Kelly? Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see the Browns win. I really would. I think that would be just awesome. But uh, I think the only team that can beat Kansas City is Buffalo. So, obviously, I think the Chiefs will win. 
Browns-Bills, that would be a unique Super Bowl. That'd be fun for a lot of people in the country, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Chiefs will be way too much offensively, uh, way too much offensively on their home field. Yeah, if if the Browns stay in it, it'll have to be a shootout. I mean, the Steelers were were playing like hot garbage, and the Browns still put forty eight up on them though. So, um, be interesting to see what Baker Mayfield does. Uh, but I think the Chiefs will win, and hopefully, it'll be a pretty close game. All right, tomorrow or Sunday night, History Channel special: forty three year old versus the forty two year old Breeze and Brady, number three this year from the uh, Superdome. New Orleans a three point favorite. Kelly. Uh, today's uh, Drew Brees' birthday, by the way. Uh, he, he turns 42 today. So congratulations to Drew. You guys, th- this just sickens me uh, to say. Now, do you want to know who I'm cheering for, or who, you think, who do I think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? I think Tampa's going to win. Don't I do just, it. No, I'm tell- no, no, no. I'm cheering for the Saints, which they probably should pay me not to with my record, you know. But, I mean, obviously, I want Houdat, but I, I just, I'm just sick about it. I think Tampa's going to win for some reason. Well, I want Luke to have a good weekend, so I'm going to be pulling for the Saints. But in the back of my mind, Kelly, in the back of my mind, I think you might be right. <sighs> Breeze drives down the field in the last two minutes. Let's kick the field goal. Saints go three and zero against Brady. I'd love it. I'd love love it, too. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about it all Monday, uh, basketball and, of course, NFL playoffs. And I got some big news next week about Southern Miss football and the Eagle Hour. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. We'll see you Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.